I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. That's a pimp move right Wait, there. What was with the jazz hands that's, just that's, now? That's a pimp move. You don't know nothing about that. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> but we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? The Roaring Twenties. Yeah. People. You can speak up. You, can, you know the damn how to speak. Go. <laughs> I'm not what? good at synchronization. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to fuck it up. Hey, <laughs> you don't be dabbing all okay. the time. Let's let, see, there mm. it is. You got rhythm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, shit like that. Mm. You hear it. Yes. Lisa's back. Hey. Chris is back. Yes. yes we got cool. another one of our number one fans. Kiki's back. Hey. Here for the first time. What's up? Yay. <laughs> What's up, Lisa? Good. You know, I was laughing because uh, I was looking on Peeping because, you know, I have my burner accounts and I lurk online. <laughs> Every now and then I lurk at some stuff. And I, you know, we were talking about, uh, I was just thinking of. Um, that's, that's your shirt right there. <laughs> I was trying to think of her name. She plays the mom for everybody. She's like one of my favorite actresses. One of my favorite movies that no one ever sees, but we have Jackie's Back Day. She's in Jackie's Back. She played. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, Jesus. Jackie's back. Is she black or white? She's black. Oh, well, I don't know, damn it. She said a favorite actress. She played Whitney Houston's Houston's mama and The Preacher's Wife. She's been in everything. She's she's like talented. She's everything. Somebody look it up. (laughs) I feel so bad now because I love her. Anyway, so she had this thing that she... You know what? I'm 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 dedicating 2020, the year of give black women their things. Okay. Because when I see her, I realize this woman has been so talented and is making me laugh for so many years. And she just like this little clip where she was like introducing her wigs, and each of her wigs had a name, and she was introducing them how they each had a personality and what she was wearing them for. Loretta Divine? No, not Loretta. Loretta's our other one. She's our other go-to mama. Jennifer Lewis? Thank you. Miss oh, Jennifer Lewis. Yes. Um, and so I just laughed so hard. I just decided that this She's year, 2020. She's right? Yeah, yeah, she plays the, the mom, grandma. grandma. Yeah. But I just, mm. every time I see her and she does these clips, and mm. I've loved her work over these years, and I feel like she really hasn't gotten her due in terms of her talent oh, and her I humor. Oh, I see the wig one. Right. And where yeah, she's yeah. just talking about, this is blah, blah, blah. Right. This right. is Levante. It was just had me mm-hmm. dying and I realized oh my god we just need to give black women all their things this year there's too many talented people out there who are mm-hmm. who are being overlooked or who've been in the business for a long time and they deserve their flowers so my dedication this year so anyway that's all I want to say what's up Chris Derek <clears throat> um you know things are interesting yeah <laughs> <laughs> things are interesting thank you for your your prickiness um, <laughs> You know, so well, we got we got a title mm-hmm. for our new series. Yeah, right, so I'm excited. We got, we got excited. Ex- yeah. Very excited about that. Put, uh, we have an early poster. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked. Well, just a concept. But I talked with. A, so I started the thing with Yvette. Yeah. The uh, directing. Oh, were you there? No, I went to do the directing thing with her, not the thing you did. I know, but I, I saw there was a photo. And I didn't see you in the photo. Oh, I did leave early at that oh, afternoon. Okay, I okay. mean, like because because it, it ran. Well, you need proof, huh? You wasn't really there. Yeah, I was like, was what happened to Chris? I thought you were going to the thing. No, no okay, like it ran early. I mean, it, it it ran late. It ran like closer to eleven, and I had to get out of there. At 10. Yeah, we ran to um, like ten thirty five. I was so, like, yeah. you know, I, um, but it was dope. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. You know, people don't know. I'm doing this thing with Yvette Vargas. She was on like in. November mm-hmm. it's called the Writer's Room 5050 yeah, is the, the, the original the Writer's Room 5050 yeah. is original she has she's back doing that and we're doing a, a directing thing 5050 <clears throat> it's a uh, um, it's it's a uh, it's I think we're doing 10 horror shorts so it's, yeah. an, it's an anthology of a concept she came up with um, Lisa you should write something Oh, what y'all need? I got well, well, the, he'll, he'll tell you yeah, more. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, so, you know, I got some right now if you want to like okay. I pitched mine mm-hmm. and they were thought it was crazy. Right. 
um, I'm basically gonna do my thing about the school shooting, but switch it around and do it in, in that because th- the whole concept is it's called confessions. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't even be talking about it. You know what? Why don't you stop? <laughs> why don't you stop? Why? Why not? Why is it? Because yeah, you don't sure, want to do it. I don't really want to do it before we hand, but just people know it's called confessions. Okay, it's okay, it's coming it. soon. It's people, got a nice twist though. It's got a nice twist. It's coming soon <clears> through. Uh, Yvette Vargas and with Roberta Monroe who mm-hmm. was on she wrote that book called you know like how to do a short film she right. was the, in charge of uh, S- Sundance the, like, the, like, yeah like the Sundance you know like a shorts program here, at least five years maybe mm-hmm. longer so it's it's exciting you know it's a 10 week program we started last week um, I'm exci- I have to write my episode today because um, you know I, I, I didn't have time to write before right. and I and I was mad I was like damn I don't have an idea and then I did hmm. and I pitched to her she's like oh that sounds awesome hmm. and I pitched it to the group and they were like whoo and I was <laughs> like well okay we'll see <clears throat> I still, but I still I'm still gonna kind of hold off a little bit on writing because I don't want to write it so it's unproducible. I got to figure out mm. your type of stuff. You know, we talk about this all the time. Mm. Like, you know, like what resources do are we going to get? You mm. know, like we're, like we're getting a stage. There's some stage she found out in Sunland. It's got it's got all these standing sets. So like, that's awesome. Yeah. So and to think we're going to block shoot and like get it for a week okay. and then all these things. So what I want to do is figure out what sets are there <clears> and, and they just kind of like it's got to be a classroom set. Yeah, right? a classroom yeah, and, sure. and a bedroom and a bedroom house. Right. Maybe a kitchen and then. You know, I have to be outside for a little bit because, you know, as a horror thing, mm-hmm. I have to have some scares so or mm-hmm. some jump scares at least for a little bit. So I want to have um, him driving and seeing, seeing some ghosts, you know, because I'm thinking like my impetus. Oh, was, I'm still locked on when it was. Yeah, okay, see, got I can't it, do that. Yeah, so what yeah, I want to yeah, do yeah. is kind of like <clears throat> telltale heart, the old Edgar Allan Poe where you've done mm-hmm. some dirty shit and it's like ticking in your head kind of thing. So that's kind of where, oh, okay. yeah. you know. Um, you know, and I'll use the cell phone and shit as kind of like the elements to fuck with them and everything. But um, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll yeah. be cool. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I have dope, dope, dope meetings lined up. I can't even tell anyone online, Good. but I have dope <clears throat> meetings lined up. Your manager getting you out finally? No, because I haven't given her the material yet. Oh, you know. See, this is hold on. Let me just say this. This is this is cool shit because. So sometimes you sign with a manager or an agent mm-hmm. or whatever, and everybody's like, and then you start talking to people about having meetings. Everybody assumes it's coming from them. They forget you still out there hustling. <laughs> you know I'm what I mean? Yeah. And that you have relationships. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I met with a guy who uh, about a movie. This movie, the movie, the the tattoo movie. Mm-hmm. He gave me some dope advice on how to. Oh, he said, I'll tell him what it's about. And he was like, here's how here's how people. Like are gonna read your thing because hmm. he said he said because you know the hardest thing in this town is to get someone to read your script as an mm-hmm. actor and he was like but the, but the way you've designed your thing you're gonna give people like just pages to read eight to hmm. ten pages to read and that's the easy read as opposed to oh because of chapters or something mm-hmm. almost so it's like oh yeah tell them the idea yeah. <clears throat> eight pages twelve pages fifteen mm-hmm. is all you gotta read oh yeah. I can read that in, I'm in the car mm-hmm. so um. Because they're almost standalone, but they all come together yeah, in the end. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm super excited about that idea. Um, so things are looking good. All yeah. looking good. Awesome, cool. And then we got, forgive me, I forget your last name, Kiki. Forgive me. Nguyen. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kiki Nguyen. Yeah. Uh, Wait, Vietnamese? I'm Vietnamese. My mom, yes. Yes. Um, I recognize, I recognize my Asian peoples. Yeah, I know my Asian folks. Look, <laughs> <laughs> your mom is Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. How was your last name, uh, Nguyen? Oh, because I come from a broken home. Oh. Yeah, no marriages there. <laughs> Kiki's she's like, like, look. She's like, I got my mama's name. I got my mama's name. I don't have my daddy's name. <laughs> Actually, I do have Come my closer, biological please. father's last name. It's just misspelled on my birth certificate. It's yeah. missing a letter. Oh, really? um, so yeah, I'm really abandoned by my entire family. So then you, That's a great... No, 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 but check this out. That's a great... I tell you it all the time, don't we all? That's actually a great pitch. <laughs> it's actually because I'm curious now. I'm like, who is this bitch? I was like, <laughs> me, I thought Vietnamese. Exactly. Okay, we got our black Asian folks in the house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Please, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Is Richard mm-hmm. um, a black Asian? No. Are you sure? No. He just he just has a little his eyes are just a little. <laughs> That's what I thought. Maybe from way back. You know? That's what I thought. It might be in there somewhere. You know? That's what I thought. You know, Maybe but you know, back. like African and Asian features are so similar. Mm-hmm. You no know, noses, right, eyes. Right. Especially when you get in the Philippines, yeah. one of my Filipino relatives, mm-hmm. it's like you look at him, it's like y'all black, mm-hmm. <laughs> but y'all, you know y'all, y'all on that part of the but island. But you notice this: Here's the Spanish that, didn't hit that particular island. Here's something there. I noticed <laughs> that just to jump off really quick is that growing up. In the hood where I grew up, and all my Filipino friends, because one of one of my rude boy friends was a Filipino. 
they they are like probably the closest thing to black people to me. Mm-hmm. To me. They could dance like us. If you look at any of the dancers, they have the exact same And I'll tell you why. They got stuck living they in the hood. Box. They got stuck living in the hood with right. us. Unlike some other Asian they folks. They can box like we can box. can get out <laughs> and kind of then? filter in. The yes. ones that could not had to they stay. They got swag yes. like we got swag. They've been missing Probably because they're the closest. The lotions. Yeah. The lotions. Yeah. Listen, I'm from San Diego. <laughs> we know them all. Okay. <laughs> the Vita, all of them. All of them. They hang around black folks. They eat our food. We eat their food. We mm-hmm. dance with music. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go down to San Diego and I'd be some of my cousin's houses. You close your eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that Leroy from Mississippi? No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, I mean, I, 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 it's probably because the Japanese and the Chinese, there's a lot of money like in that country anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so they can feed their, their relatives over here potentially. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if you're from Laos or something like that, you don't there's no money in that. And country. a lot of times those places too you have a lot of war torn folks yeah, and you're yeah, more yeah, third world. Yeah. 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 The Vietnamese obviously they all got, you know, like kicked right. out. So and then the um where's the Khmer Rouge? Cambodia. Cambodia oh, is yeah, another place too. Yeah. Like, you know, so But let me before we jump in, let me just just while we have Kiki on, just really quick. Mm-hmm. So Kiki Tell us your story really quick, because we know you're one of one of our biggest fans now too. You always chime in on Twitter and we we post us, we post yeah, us and I don't we tweet. Have a life. We no, we appreciate it. So you know, thank you very much. <clears throat> Just give us a little bit of background. Like you don't know, she's actually an agent. So it was like little shit like that. Okay. Well, yeah. So I'm a literary agent with Donald Moss Literary Agency. So Nenya Core 4, which yeah. I'm sure what? you know her, yeah. Yeah. is one of our biggest clients. We're mostly known for um, sci-fi and fantasy. But yeah. I rep um, young adult across all genres. And then adult nice. SFF, adult romance, and adult thrillers. But oh, we need to talk. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want to romance. I have some stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, I really want like a domestic suspense like centered around like women who are not white and infertile. And somehow that makes them crazy and or that's why their husbands leave them right and right. they're like killing people right <laughs> <laughs> alright that's, that's a trope in front of white women killing people that's hilarious yeah, it sounds it, like it a is. lifetime movie <laughs> and their husbands are up here like I gotta get rid of you yeah I know didn't they know ahead of time they're like Listen, bye Jackie I'm gonna get myself a Deborah. okay wow <laughs> they say, what, what yeah they're like bye like, first wife I'm gonna get a, a second, second one wife. she was yeah. probably my secretary right gonna um, get her knocked up and now you're gonna go <laughs> Digging in our trash. Wow, <laughs> it's like domestic suspense right there. <laughs> wow, how did you? How did that come about for you? For you yeah. to become a, an agent? Oh, uh, funny story. So uh, when I was about to drop out of my last year of college because I was behind, um, I joined Twitter <laughs> and Simon and Schuster had a raffle to get killed as when a chance to get killed as a character in this adult thriller. I didn't know who this white man was. His name is actually Shane Coon. Um, okay, and I won, <laughs> and his publicist really liked me, and so she offered me an internship. And this mm. is like all via email. Um, your girl was. Was really lucky because okay. uh, yeah. I was about to be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I was going to be on the street hustling. Okay. You know? I was like in Starbucks asking people how much would you pay for an HJ? Okay. You know? right. but, no, I got my internship. And <laughs> <laughs> now here I am. Why a few years later. A okay. I know, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. mm. So I've been around. I've done, I have did a, like a couple of like, um, so being a literary agent, it's basically commission. I kind of explain mm-hmm. it. I mean, obviously you guys would know what an sure. agent is. Um, but I worked on the High Line for a little bit. Okay. I was like serving, and now I'm just trying to sell pictures of my feet online. So <laughs> do what you got to do. Like, get okay. them in. Get them in. That's so That's funny because I don't know if okay. Since you do a lot of stuff too, and you said romance stuff. I'm sure you're aware of what's going on. Oh, now. Yeah. So for those of you who know what you know, I do my sci-fi stuff. But in my burner accounts in my <laughs> other life, I also write erotic romances. Yes. And so I'm really starting to you know get ready to put some stuff out this year. Um, Indy and a couple uh, publishing houses and so all this stuff just went down mm. and well, well, what happened just so basically let me give you a little tidbit of history of romance mm. so way back in the <laughs> 80s there was a woman named Vivian Stevens who was an agent okay. black woman mm-hmm. of course and um, she was going to these different little things with writers and people were like, oh, we need, you know, romance writers. Like, we wish we had something kind of organized. So she said, basically, why don't we just create this organization and call it the Romance Writers, you know, of America and basically have our own type of trade organization that focuses on romance. Because as anybody doesn't know, romance outsells money. everything. Really? It's money. money. But because it is, tends to be uh, female-centered and women-centered, mm-hmm. it gets and crapped on. And it's very on. pulpy. 
Yeah. Well, mm. <clears throat> not all of it. Pulpy. Not all of it. A lot of it. You, 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 the early days of white women, the nice white ladies might have done that. <laughs> but we're talking oh. about a new day and age, sir. So. It's a new dawn. It's a new dawn and new day. <laughs> well, look, really? you, talk about it, you talking about it in the 80s. You talking about it in the 80s when it was founded. Listen. I'm talking about this. Don't let me drop the Nina Simone. Are you feeling nine. good? Okay. Are you feeling good? It's a new day. Come on, Miss Nina Simone. So, anywho, so she created this organization. And of course, during those times, Back in the early days, when it was nothing but white women writing mm-hmm. most of it, you did have those kind of pulpy Fabio, those really, right. they call them the bodice rippers. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Men tend to shit on that, mm-hmm. but they have their same pulpy thing, too. We call it war stories. Ooh. We call it Clancy, you know, well, what's his name? Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy Tom books. Right. All those books. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the famous dude. Oh, Jack. Jack. Oh God! What's the, what's the thing that what, what's the thing that Tom Cruise does? Yeah, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, like all that shit. Po- yeah, Jack James Reacher, Bond, all that. Jack Reacher. Yeah, Jack Reacher, that, all that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of that. So it's the same thing. Right. Okay, but because it's women's things, women's center tends to be. It always gets poo pooed, even though it makes the most money out of all genres put together. Well, women, Billions. Women buy more books. Billions. Because right? they read. Billions. <laughs> because men you don't like to read. Are stupid, basically. <laughs> if, you're not, if you don't, don't read, like to read, listen, ladies and non-binary folks and everybody else out there, genderqueer, if you go into a, 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 a man's house Okay, and he has no bookcase. Okay, look, and he ain't got no books. No, you I'm turn right around, you. and you you know if you got him on Tinder, <clears throat> swipe that other way. Because <laughs> if you don't read, baby, there's something there's problem with you. There's something wrong with you. See, well, you know, I, I, and I'm not being biased no, in terms no, of no, oh, no. something. You have to something. have something in your house. Well, here, here's that the thing. expands here, your mind. Here's the thing. It's like there was a study I read one time. I think the average man. Post college reads like this is average in America. Um, three quarters of a book a year. What the fuck? Does wow. That okay. mean? Three quarters of they don't even get through a full book. They look at the cover. So they start. <laughs> they read the blurb. It's like a diet. They don't finish. This and then <laughs> that's pretty much and it. And they were saying that <clears throat> that women on average they read about eight books a year. Wow. You know, it's, it's even more than just that. And, and yet they're not supposed to be smarter than we are. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Anyway, mm. so because so mm. many many years. So just <laughs> tell you how trashy. So me thinking. I'm going to get out of sci-fi and fantasy for a little bit because mm-hmm. I need to be around supportive people. You know, I want to see black mm-hmm. love. I mm-hmm. want to see black women. I want to see black people being loved up because a lot of shit's been happening to us. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? Let me dip my toe back into romance and stuff. And because I learned that so much stuff has changed. Gigi, you want to sign you erotic, now, but- <laughs> erotic romances, <laughs> uh, the kink stuff that I like, mm-hmm. but black-centered stuff that I mm-hmm. like, and people were indie publishing that used to get trashed as Vanity Press. But, but, the only reason why I came back to it was because I saw black women were indie publishing their own stuff. I was able to digitally yes. load Alyssa it down. Cole, Rebecca Yes, Weatherspoon. thank you. Yes. Speaking of which, Rebecca, I'll see you at Rip Botus because I think you and Clarkisha Kent are going to be, is it next weekend? I think it's next weekend. Okay, I'll be there next weekend. Mm-hmm. So Clarkisha, we gonna meet, but I'm coming under my pen name. I'll let you. I'll let you know what that is later. But anyway, so yeah. So that's the only reason I got back in within like six, seven years ago. So and that's why I started going to New Orleans and hanging out and being around, just getting in the scene, because it had changed. It was actually writing things that I'm interested in that are off the beaten path, that are a little bit more grown up, and it's not Fabio. I don't want to see Fabio. Fabio's mm-hmm. not sexy to me. Right. He has weird nipples. Yeah, yeah, and it's just odd. Damn, odd nipples. He goes to my gym. Yeah, <clears throat> let him know he's got he's odd still, nipples. He still got that long ass hair. <laughs> because he's hanging on to a bygone yeah, era. You can see he's old now. Yes, he's hanging on yeah. to a bygone era. That fucking hair. Yes, I mean, listen, really? listen. So, last year, I think it was like the 39th year of uh, RWA, because I think this year might be the 40th year, because I was planning on going to the San Francisco conference, and really? then when the shit went down during <coughs> Christmas, mm. I was like, no. Hmm. So anyway, last year was the first time in the 39-year history of the, writers, uh, the Romantic Writers Association, um, having two black women win anything. Really? And they were indie published books. Mm-hmm. Okay? They weren't trade publications mm-hmm. by big publishers. So they These outsold women. the rest of them. Not, not outsold it, but basically they won they an award. They won their, like, what is the Rita's, which is like the equivalent of the Oscars <clears> in the romance world. Right. So 39 years, an organization created by a black woman, mm-hmm. the first time ever two black women and wow, two black that. women who published this themselves. That means they pointed and clicked and put it up on Amazon, did the work themselves mm-hmm. without traditional publishing. So Christmas time, New Year's Eve, 
one of the most vocal. Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. This no Christmas time here <laughs> in America, 2019, Christmas Eve. Uh, well, in the summertime, last summer there was some stuff going down where some we, we call them nice white ladies. Basically, right. they're racist white women who are gatekeepers. Nice. We call them nice white ladies. Trump supporters. We call, and they were yeah. And so some people wow. were criticizing some of these women writers who were like supporting Trump. Just you know people's opinions. You could say what you want to say on Twitter, and then somebody mentioned, well, you know, this person is a publisher and they've had a history of being racist and they've had a history of not letting black women writers women of color get through and there's some issues here so another writer who's uh, she's white and Chinese basically um, she decided I'm gonna read a book of one of these women and show you exactly what we're talking about when we say something's problematic. Mm. So basically she read this woman's book, which basically it's about a, a mixed uh, Chinese white woman in historical romance mm-hmm. and all the, the Chinese stereotypes were mm. all in there. The book was written in uh, the 90s, but it was reissued in 2014. Okay. And so basically a Chinese woman you know, woman of color, mm-hmm. Christina Milan, right. Christina Milan, mm-hmm. basically said, "This is a messy, hot, racist mess." Basically, mm-hmm. all hell broke loose. Yeah. But they tried to be slick because they tried to censor her. Now, mind you, that summer they had just have given her a service award at their conference in I think it was in Colorado last year, and saying thank you for you know working with a lot of people. Uh, in particular, shout out to Black women in romance who were doing a lot of the heavy lifting as always, mm-hmm. and basically gave her a service award saying thank you for being you know working towards inclusivity and all that good stuff, all the good stuff we want. Right. <clears throat> then they tried to kick her out because they tried to say that she was like basically bullying and causing these white women to lose contracts and all this really? stuff and tried to kick her out. <laughs> and then they thought they could be slick and do it on Christmas Eve. But one thing you need to understand about women, mm. they stay open 24-7 yeah. and they they do not play. And so this whole brouhaha hey, blew up. Listen. What's your name? What's your name again, the one? <clears throat> Christina Armelon. And she's a lawyer. That's and the, she's that's a the lawyer. Part to me. Yes, a lot of romance writers are lawyers. Smart, Milan. M I L L A N. Christina. Milan. If you go online and talk, just just look on the hashtag R W A shit show. And thank you to Beverly Jenkins, one of the the premier black women romance writers, who came up with that hashtag. So basically, the fuckery went into romance. It it blew up. And so, because these white women thought that, oh well, this is just you know they're just being mean to us, they're bullying us. No, we're just telling you you're trash, Mm. and this is why you need to do better. Basically, we're trying to help you, but you don't want to have help. We're not accepting mediocrity anymore. And so, what they didn't they thought they were going to be slick and like basically slap the 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 woman of colors on the hand like you're being bad we're gonna kick you out but media (laughs) listen black black women went in the whole board pretty much divested themselves they quit they did all the stuff they had this white gay man Damon Swade Mm -hmm. who came in who who writes um, male gay romances he became the new president of the organization but he was part of the people doing all the fuckery it was just fuckery 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 Mm -hmm. fuckery so basically they thought they were going to be slick and it blew up it got in all the major papers mm-hmm. media everybody jumped in I was reading about this over the thing oh but god yeah it's huge I was just in, I, I, so basically they destroyed an organization created by a black woman wow. however there's some people who are still trying to like maybe change it and get it together and bring it back. Mm-hmm. I, me personally, I was going to join this year only because of the black woman I met in New Orleans who mm-hmm. I went and I was talking to them. Shout out to Laquette. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, basically they were saying, girls changing, you should think about coming. I said, all right, I'm going to San Francisco. I know some people in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Let me go check out the San And then this hit. And I'm like, no. Yeah. And I was going to join this year. And it's like, you know what? You're not going to take right. my money. And and I t- the thing that makes me so bad, like, you know, it can burn and crash, whatever. I just feel bad that Vivian Stevens helped create this. I didn't even know that yes yeah. and mm-hmm. you can look it up in the the, the stuff what and it just, saying, Chris? Ah, ah, it's terrible and then i want to hear your your thoughts on this Kiki. but go ahead jump on in kiki oh, but, but. i was saying okay oh well, you were you were about to jump in i thought um, well kiki go ahead give me your input as far as an agent <laughs> because your input's really important because you are from the literary side of it who sees what this really is oh yo it's just such a thing because i'm black i'm asian and i'm queer and Okay, the trifecta. Okay. Like, <laughs> and sometimes some of these white women, I've been to a few chapter um, meetings, and I really think on a local basis, there's like so much good work that's happening right, right. within like specific regions. Right. But it's just like just so interesting to me that the whole from what I've hear that um, all of even the message boards and things like that really come to protect these white women that just say these real wild things and I have heard pitches from white romance writers and I'm just sitting here like stare me right in the eyes like I know that you want to read books about people of color so I wrote this this erotic sex motel Hmm. 
feature and the the main lead character is like Hispanic. You know, he's Latin. <laughs> and I'm like, honey, your name is Trish. <laughs> Why? Like, don't you think it's a little bit of fetishization? And there's mm-hmm. just like a complete lack of, and that's just kind of, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I just feel like it, it's just such a such a shame because Christina Milan and um, so many other like black female writers, you could see that they're taking so much um, effort, even though RWA is like having all of this crisis that they still want to keep it going. They still want to try to change things, right. but then you just have um, an organization that wants to protect itself right. rather than trying to make changes and the nice white ladies on those boards because you know a lot of the people that I follow in the romance industry who are members of it mm-hmm. child they were taking screenshots <laughs> and posting them like no no you're not going to be all hush hush and mm-hmm. hide your racism and your behavior they're like no we're showing everything everybody's draws <laughs> we got everybody's draws getting hung out today <laughs> everybody's draws on the clothesline so, today <laughs> this album is, uh, I forgot what, <clears throat> what I was going to say it's, you were saying you're tired of the mediocrity and you know these nice white ladies which as you say is the is the euphemism for being Trump supporters because we all know Trump won because these women white women voted him in um it's really sad about how America still has a heavy grip on trying to like trying to refuse to look itself in the mirror Mm -hmm. because the minute the BAFTA awards were announced you know like this week Mm -hmm. the Huge outcry. Next day, hey, we're making some changes. Yeah, but after. <laughs> okay, but no, 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 yeah. no, no. But yeah. this is Britain, which doesn't have the same right. kind of like the same kind of like, uh, uh, like you notice that. Look, it took two seasons for for Oscars so white for them to make any changes. Right. They made changes within the week. They go, we're gonna make some changes. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make some changes, and this is the British people who make right. some changes. And it's fascinating because, but they almost have to they because have to. the government pays for yes. this shit. Yeah, yes. you know what yeah, I mean. They yes. going to. <clears throat> yeah, but 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 still, but 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 the demographic change in England is not nearly the way it is right. changing here. But they still say we need to see. You know what? This is what our world is. Mm-hmm. This is what we and and these are the stories that are now actually interesting to us because right. the stuff that's, that, that's getting awards and everything like that is just like again it, it goes back to the damn mediocrity I'm not going to name names about stuff that I saw that I was like this is getting nominated really hmm. this is like you know that doesn't make sense um, but I think that's you know like these organizations that bestow awards on people and recognition they, they it's like what is the the desire to 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 keep it so closed off so that you can't um, allow competition. And then mm. I remember this guy named Tom Friedman. He writes for the New York Times. He wrote this book called um, <laughs> "Sorry I'm Late" mm. a couple years ago. That sounds familiar. And he was saying in the book, he was like, "Well, you know, like this whole thing was about how like the, how like the demographic changed has made it so." Like white people who used to just be able to be, you know, be cool, just just getting a high school diploma and be straight, they can't do that anymore. Hmm. You know, and he's saying you got to go to ties because the competition is a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. But 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 what our country Ooh, now sees, they got to work. Yeah, they got to work, <laughs> and we can see their mediocrity now. Now we can see it. Yeah, you can see it. It was like, hey, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like this is where you. I mean, like, but there's such a, but it's like this is where the conservatism. You know, with the small C comes mm-hmm. really into play. People don't are afraid to let the 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 the, the it's the you know it's the same thing about and I, I almost like the same thing about Jim Crow and stuff like that. In terms of like, I don't want black people to compete with me for jobs. Mm-hmm. I don't want black people to compete with me for awards. Uh, let's you get know. to the nitty gritty. I don't want them to compete with me for women. For, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. really what, that's it what it's about. We don't want them fucking with our white women. That's, that's what exactly it is. what it was. That's what it is. So <laughs> that's the thing that uh, that I see. What this is about for all of it because it just like permeates from top everything, down. yeah, from sci-fi to romance to film well, yeah, to television, it, yeah, because well, it. because is it the Nebula Award that has that outright racist motherfucker on there who does the Cthulhu, Box Day? No, the Cthulhu thing. Um, Listen, I love Cthulhu, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Uh-huh. What's his what's, what's his name again? I, I shall not say the name. I shall not be smoking. Okay. I know his name. Like like he was all right. A, HP Lovecraft. HP Lovecraft. That's right. That motherfucker. But I love Color Out of Space, and I and my, in, in, no, no, in, in no, defense no. of it, I love the cosmic horror. But at the same time, he shit <laughs> <laughs> in his personal life. In his personal life. No, that, that, but, but you know, but but like he's one of the few guys who's who who's 
whose work is so outrageous. It's so is actually difficult to read because the way he depicts black people, mm. and it's like you know he doesn't have to be doing that. Not all his stories have black people. You just know. by the way, like if you read Color Out of Space, that's pretty much. If you read that, you can see yeah. why I enjoy it so much. Look, look, he's a fantastic writer, but mm. always but, but the old gods. But but there are those moments that you know that t- turn your stomach. Mm. But he's the face of the award. Mm. Mm. And I'm like, you guys are not going to change. You should change it. And what was crazy. It was a, like the year that a black woman won that. And I was kind of like. It was like, Nettie. Yeah. And it's the Royal Fantasy Award. Royal Fantasy and then they said, we need to change that. And people got in their feelings yeah, about it. Yeah. And it's like, he's, yeah, you probably should change it. Yeah. You know? Because if you're not going to change him. Every black person that wins is going to talk trash. If they come up here, yeah, here's my new doorstop. Thank you. Why? <laughs> no, no, no. But, but my thing is, if you're not going to change him, well, then why let all this Me Too stuff, stuff, you know, stuff mean anything? Because right. it's, it's worse. You know, because people can't call anyone out on racism the way they can on Me Too. Mm. But so that's why it's worse because it's like it's it's there's no <clears throat> there's no direct. Um, I mean, there's no crime. There's really no crime. There's no. Fed- I mean, like like why is he only going down because they got him on a, on on like some criminal charges? Right. Like all these people. You know, I mean, oh, did you hear the story about the woman who actually came forward? The woman who came forward. On the Weinstein thing, you know, like like all these women in Hollywood, you know, blah blah blah, getting abused, but they aren't going forward on the criminal charge with him. Right. This one woman who did get up on the criminal charge with him, and she was the one that uh, that allowed them to put, you know, to arrest him, and everything like that. They dropped the charges from her. Hmm. I think because they said that she didn't fit, she wouldn't be. Was it the one that that said that she couldn't be a good fit in terms of going in fighting against him because of her questionable questionable background? No, there was one of them no, that they said no, that. Because what it. happened was is that her best friend said had said, "Oh well, she told me what happened and it didn't happen that way." Hmm. And I was oh. like, "But everyone else she told said <laughs> it did happen that way." Um. And I was like, "Why did the best friend even like you know just yeah. you know just undercut her need like some, that? Need some attention." You know, it was crazy. Hmm. You know, so but but luckily, there's two other two other women they got on him to for this case. I was like, well, you know, because the actual crime is committed, the mm-hmm. racism. There's no crime for that. Right. Then there never will be a crime for that. You know. Well, speaking of mediocrity, which brings us to our topic that I want to talk about. <laughs> Thirty minutes in, we're talking about another okay, topic. <laughs> so here's the thing. So I know that the last episode, uh, either the last one or the one before that, we. Um, we were talking about a couple of things that were on Netflix that we were watching, and Chris had mentioned uh, High Flying Bird, which I finally got a chance to see, and I enjoyed it. Wish it was a series. Tell everybody what it's about. Of course, anything with Andre Holland in it, I'm going to watch. I know, anyway, he's awesome. anything he's, he's awesome. in, I'm watching. And it was great to see Bill Duke. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead and tell them what the show's about. Okay, so High Flying Bird is about a basketball manager oh, that's right. who is played by Andre Holland, and it, it starts off on a Friday, and it's, and it's during the lockout. And or a fictional lockout, and he basically has a client who has spent all his. He has no money because he, he although he signed and he's owed some 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 loan sharks some money, mm-hmm. but but he signed a deal with the Knicks, but he can't get his money because it's during the lockout, so it's not it can't be consummated, you know. So he's and so Andre Holland is like. How do I fucking like get the lockout to end? Because hmm. because you know what all my oh. And, and then he goes to his job, and they're about to, and they're closing his division down. They're about to fire about to people fire, yeah. mm-hmm. because there's no money right now. It's been six months since the lockout's been in place, mm-hmm. and it's been no cash. And as you know, these, these NBA players, with those massive contracts, are like are feeding those agencies big mm-hmm. time. So he's like, "What do I do? I have to do something to end the lockout." Mm-hmm. And this is and the whole. <clears throat> this is this, this is the, takes place over three days, and you see this this kind of behavior he does. This kind of like ma- ma- this Machiavellian type of behavior yes. to yes. you know to to crush the lockout. And one of the best things in there is like the MacGuffin. It's kind of like the MacGuffin in it, which is when he has this meeting. And I love the shot when you were talking about the shots and how they would do that. I love. Oh, he's fucking fantastic. See, this is this is only, okay. Let me just put it this way: if you get a chance to get a hold of the script and you read it, and then you watch the film. Right. Please don't go in and try to write <laughs> some of these shots in oh, there right. yeah, because this is for somebody who's been doing film for a long time. I just want, I just yeah, for a long, long right. time. So don't try to come in and like and try to razzle dazzle with these shot yeah, things. Right. But part of it that made it so intriguing and the camera spins. Yeah, and, okay, no, spins. Bitch, no, like there were scenes where you'd see a shot and there'd be like a conversation having place and you didn't see who was talking. Hmm. But you're so intrigued because you feel like you're eavesdropping. Hmm. And there are shots where they'd be talking and he 
flipped the shot. And like you said, he did those flip shots or weird rant. I was like, oh my God, I am so into this. Mm. So during to, the beginning. To exit the scenes. It's not the exit, in the scene. Yeah. It's like these tra- transitions. transitions. Was that the one that flipped up? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. look, there's there's a really, really great article that I'll see if I can find it I like on, online. It's something I printed out like 20 years ago mm. where they did this, this series in the New York Times where they would interview all these filmmakers and about like, okay, talk, and they, the guy would go. Uh, the writer would go to the filmmaker and go, let's go watch a movie that, that you love and mm. talk about it. Right. And Soderbergh watched uh, All the President's Men. Right. And he was like, look at all the transitions in mm. terms of how he gets, in terms of <clears throat> how they get out of scenes. Like, right. what's the shot right. that is the final shot in a scene that leads into the next scene? Which a lot of people don't think about. Right. You know, as, and, 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 and I think you, about it when I'm writing. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, but the the lazy thing is in television is mm-hmm. always that, let's cut to that wide shot. Exactly. Always so, the, right. but, but Soderbergh right. is the genius. Right. And in this movie, you see again where because there's scenes where like like if you would see the normal like they're sitting at, at the table talking mm-hmm. and they're having a meal and they're just talking about you know like well you don't talk to these loan sharks you we got the situation how are we gonna figure this out mm-hmm. so normally you would have like you said you have your master your close right. up but there's moments where it'll go like master shot close up and then it'll fl- it'll break the rules of normal convention of mm-hmm. where you set the camera and it'll flip it around the opposite direction where you normally like you know normally you have a transition shot where right. before you do it to a different totally different shot so he like crosses a line yes he crosses a line all the time huh. but it works because it keeps you invested in the conversation without mm-hmm. you getting lost because a lot of times you could have a long shot and they'll go cutting back and forth right, right. and you start to get bored alright can we move to the next thing mm-hmm. but it almost felt like this was like showing us the mindset of Andre Holland's character. Yeah, well, like, you see, because what he does in that, what Soderbergh does is, is that, in that opening scene particularly, is that, as you know, when you're writing, you're thinking about where's the, the, the fulcrum in the scene? Right. Like, it's going to change what's going to happen. Right. And what he does, and I've seen a few people do this too, like this guy did it in, in uh, Ex Machina one time, but when you change the, 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 when the moment of the character's changing where the direction of the scene's going to go, right. he'd cut the line on that cut. Right. So mm-hmm. you understand, okay, now I got to, so now it's like a hard kind of move onto the like, um, it's it's a dramatic reason to do that, right? You know this purpose, right? There's a there's 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 so good at really really good, pr- and also like I said, there's a MacGuffin. There's a scene where he gives him this package, and so the whole time, so he's got like the things that we like, which is mm-hmm. the sense of mystery, like mm-hmm. well, what's in the pack? And he keeps saying throughout the whole his mantra throughout the whole film is, you know, when it's time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so yeah, it. yeah. The package, and so yeah, the whole yeah. time while you have all this stuff going on in the back of my mind that's keeping me tethered to the story mm-hmm. is when is he gonna open this goddamn package? Because <laughs> <laughs> he said there's a Bible in there and I'm thinking okay a Bible of what and I'm thinking and well, he's carrying it and all he's around, around he's and, carrying and you're like I'm, and, and I'm worried I'm stressed because he's going to lose it and what if he doesn't open it in the right time it's, it's like Pulp Fiction so, with the so suitcase good. yeah right? it's so good and mm-hmm. so well done well, what's really dope is before they tell you what the package is they, there's that one scene yeah and you're like don't tell oh, him don't tell him don't say anything don't say anything don't say anything oh no no but yeah and so I saw that it's a movie like, hmm? it's a movie mm-hmm. yes it could be it should be a series but it gave me that kind of thing like this is really smart writing really smart direction and it has compelling characters mm-hmm. and it keep me even the tertiary characters that are there you know the secondary characters um, like he Tom does McLaughlin he does he does things where you're watching them and you can literally be interested in a following their story path too like even mm-hmm. though you're with Andre there were characters like oh well what is she doing like Sonya's son like, like well, the, I wanna song, go hang with her like what's her, she doing and the mom yeah like the mom who was the, the oh my manager. god yes and it was like there were so many great characters and things where I was like oh I wish I could stay with them right. now let's do the opposite <laughs> <laughs> now y'all know I talked about last time the show that's on Netflix called Messiah and love the lead actor Mm-hmm. Who's playing this Jesus type character? Yeah, he's been around for a minute. Oh, We've seen him a couple times. I didn't realize how fine he was until I said, "You know what? Have <laughs> I seen this dude before?" <laughs> him and there's two lead characters. One guy who plays like I think he's like he's Israeli. I think he's Israeli in real life, but he plays like a Mossad character mm-hmm. who's like, you know, Israelis want this dude. Like we got to control him. He's like this, their CIA agent, he's and like he's amazing. And I think I've seen him in a couple of films. But oh my god, when you got two good-looking, amazing non-white guys. Or though that with he's really amazing got, faces. With am- Listen, you know mm-hmm. I'm a fan of faces. They were giving me 70s. <laughs> they were giving me early 60, 60s, right. like real faces, none of that bleached teeth, and mm-hmm. her, just they look like some real men <laughs> that did some real, like I believe. Oh, no, give me some yellow teeth. Okay. Give me some yellow. Like it wasn't no, you know, <laughs> it, Jesus wasn't like no Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> right. You know, flowing. Like this dude looked like. 
this Negro came straight up out the desert. <laughs> if you were to pan down, I bet you he got some sandals on his right. feet. Feet dirty. Feet right. dirty. He got some fish and bread in the back wow. of his backpack. Fish and he is bread. beautiful and he's believable and he's great acting, great faces. But here's the problem. Mm-mm. It's a 10 part series and it has really compelling characters. But as writers, I want you to think <clears> about this, especially if you're thinking in terms of um, kind of series things and a lot of stuff is going on Netflix and mm-hmm. you probably will be writing some series things. I find myself, uh, in, by the time I got to episode three, I found myself fast forwarding hmm. um, past certain characters that were not helping the story along. Hmm. In fact, they were so, I was able to fast forward them, like literally if they weren't in the, the thing at all, I did hmm. not miss them. I was still able to get the gist and get the rest of the story without them. Right. Children, that's not good. Number one, you waste the money. That 10 episode could have been easily eight episodes. Right. And it could have been moving a lot. It could have been almost like High Flying Bird for me where it's like, okay, I'm ready for the next scene. Right. You know, as opposed to, God damn it, I'm ready to fast yeah, they forward. Just, it almost like they, they start off the pilot. I haven't watched it, but I'm just generalizing. Mm-hmm. You start off the pilot, it starts off with a good bang. Episode two's moving good. And then okay, by yeah. three. Three, I'm like, yeah. It's like, Did it we starts, need this character? It starts slowing down because they're going, guys, we have time. Why are mm-hmm. we rushing? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying rushing in terms of, oh, it needs to be eight because it needs to be fast. I'm thinking in terms of compelling scenes Mm -hmm. to watch. Things that are moving the story along um, and things that are are slowing it down where we don't need that. And it's Mm -hmm. not rush. It's just you don't need that. You don't need these characters. I I was just wondering if, and you tell me too, Chris, sometimes I think, you know, having been in writer's rooms that you think... You, you you build out the whole episode. Say you have eight, ten episodes, mm-hmm. right? You build out the whole season. You go, okay, so by episode four or five, which is our mid-season or, or six, right. we're going to do this big thing. Mm-hmm. And everything is leading up to that so that that affects what happens, you know, right. in the in the finale. Right. And so, so, so sometimes you think you're on that path, but when you wrote it in your head as the creator, right. you had like six episodes. Right figured out that that would work and it would have the biggest bang and then you stretched it. Right. Because that's all I'm saying. Right. You, that happens and, all you know the time. I mean? And a part of me was like, I hate that. Right. I watch shows and I'm just like, God damn it, why is this 12 episodes when it should have been six? Oh God. And here's the thing. You can I, tell. I, you can tell right. the stretch. You get, look, there's nothing worse than and you're talking about these bad characters but there's shows that have like filler episodes oh my god I'm like god damn like, why'd you even do this right. we don't need fillers and the problem was I kept thinking as I kept stopping and drinking my little wine <laughs> and sitting there with my snacks do you ever watch anything with that wine yes I do normally <laughs> yes I do but when I'm really into characters I'm like oh my god they're sexy there's like a lot of like sexual undercurrent tension between these guys like and of course me the fan fiction me is like oh this is like queer fan fiction mm. this is like <laughs> yes I can see these things with him like mm. let me let me when I need like a, a day where I just want to write some fun stuff right. let me put these two characters away That's in my funny. folder over here like ooh, <laughs> yummy 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 but it was like as I'm watching it, I'm thinking is it is it the casting like if I can if there were different characters maybe different people playing it you know I start and what happens is what you've done is you've taken me out of the story right. where I'm like I'm intrigued I'm intrigued like oh you know what, there's another piece. I can make another piece of chocolate chip cookie see, in the see, thing. See, You're taking me see, out of the story. This is what it, you know what, what and it wasn't the casting. Mm-hmm. It was just there were characters and filler stuff that, that did not need to be there. Because to me, like what I feel is we're in this age now where <clears throat> too many things are asked to be series. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to like, you know, because they don't want to do a movie. Mm-hmm. And if I'm doing a movie, this idea for the Messiah, if I'm doing the movie, I'm going to do it on Netflix because whatever, it's not going to work theatrically, even though it could. Um, so they're probably thinking, I have an idea that's going to be this, this, and they, and they go, yeah, that's cool. How, okay, so make two up. So, 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 so take the two hour story and make it 12. And that is where too many shows are right now. It's too mm. much stuff that's like that. That's why I don't like watching a lot of stuff. I don't want to invest time because I'm kind of like, you really have a two, you have a movie here mm-hmm. that someone told you you need to make into a, to, to a TV show. Right. And because, of this, because, of the, because, because we're convinced that these serialized shows, they have more ability to do what, what movies can't, just like showing us more character and stuff like that. And I kind of say to myself all the time, when are movies about 
they're not about the character. And I'm like, well, in today's age, yes, everyone has been growing up in the last 15 years to watch all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. But when you think about <laughs> movies, you think about these characters. Mm-hmm. You think about all the people. You don't think, you know, it's the. But, like, but it's funny though, Chris, they always talk about it like TV's about characters. And like, that's what I'm saying. Why in the world do they think movies aren't about that's characters? Okay. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Look, Thank look, you. Look, 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 here's the Thank thing. Thank you. Here's, here's the thing. You know, I haven't seen a character on television show that that I mean that surpasses Michael Corleone hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's a fucking dope ass character I've seen someone who's surpassed fucking you know for Lawrence of Arabia hmm. I've been you know I can't remember the guy's name um uh that uh, William Holden plays in Bridge and River Kwai uh, you know it's like what the fuck you know like, who is this you know yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean it's very rare to find the people that to make the great character mm-hmm. that makes the movie work I'll tell you why like all the Star Wars uh, movies post the original post the trilogies the original trilogy don't work mm-hmm. no Han Solo character no you know the space pirate you know like 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 bushwhacker with with this moral this with this amorphous like like morality mm-hmm. there's no one like that that's the reason why the, the everyone was kind of shitting on him oh well he well he didn't shoot Greedo first he had to shoot Greedo first because that tells you who he is mm-hmm. if you take that away from him then he's just that well, well then he's a milksop he's not as interesting as, as uh, do you, oh you know I'm I'm a shoot I'm 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 a preemptively shoot someone yeah. who's after my head but I'm gonna do it first. There's no one like that in the in, in, in any of the rest of the films. That's why those movies don't aren't memorable. Like movies are memorable because of what the characters do. Right. You know. And I think we're missing that in lot. Because totally I like the last two years, like well, I'll just say this year. Like, I have not there's just so much trash content. Even though it, it's good for you know, everybody can say mm-hmm. it's good, whatever. There's nothing that a character except for like I said, when I saw um Last Black Man in San Francisco mm-hmm. and Parasite, like there's something missing in terms of really great characters. Like, man, like I want to be with those people. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's how I should, a good movie or a series should be. Is like, you want to be with those people all the time. Mm-hmm. And when the movie's over, you're like, oh god, I'm never gonna see them. I want to see them one more yeah, time. Yeah. I don't get that no. sense of that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I would suggest for those of us who are writing stuff that serious things for like Netflix, I almost want to be like, you need to write something like Bubblegum or Flea. They have shorter episodes, Mm -hmm. but they pack such a wallop and they end when they're supposed to end. There's no dragging out. Like if you haven't seen Fleabag season one and two, um, you need to go see that because she's such a smart writer and she gives you what you need and then she gets the fuck out. And she's got memorable characters who are compelling, who I want to hang out with sometimes like, oh, I like this character. What are they doing? That's so hard to do. And that takes such a great skill. And I feel like Michaela Cole and the, the woman who does Fleabag, like they've mastered that thing. And I feel like a lot of writers that are doing those type of series, you need to kind of have that in the back of your mind. Like, and I don't know if it's the edict that their bosses are telling them, like, we want this to be a 10, and then they're forced to stretch it out. Well, well, well of course. Or in your pre-planning stages. No, that's, but, that's ah. the pre-planning because, like, I just, I mean, the best show that I feel on television still that no one's watching is The Expanse. That show, I was. I mean, we fought so hard to bring that yeah. back, and we won fandom. And we it came won. back, and it was dope as shit. And it was, we won. And it was terrible. I was watching, and I was like, "God damn, this is gonna end soon." Hmm. Whole, I mean, I'm, I'm like halfway, like halfway through this. Thanks, half, thanks you for know, through this bringing season. us joy, and then just well, 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 no, it down. No, well, well, I mean, I, I heard that I heard that Amazon was paying for two seasons, so so there's gonna be. And it's probably a smart idea to do that. Yes, yeah, so there will be another season, mm-hmm. but halfway through the first, this you know, this is season four. Halfway through, it, I was like. God, this season's gonna be over soon. Fuck. In my head, I was like, and I'm that's just what you want. That's just you know, and there's almost nothing else that's on TV like that for me. Because, and that's why I don't. That's why I'm so not wanting to watch as much television because it's like, I, the designs, what people are doing, they're not, they're not as, they're not as interested. I, they have these ideas that are movies, mm-hmm. and they're stretching them out. Right. They just and 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 that's the problem. And it's like, yeah, I, I was like, there was someone who was telling, I saw someone on Twitter the other day. He was saying that. The different, you know, you know. See, I'm I'm not uh, bashing on television for what it can be, but she was saying that television has always been as strong as movies. I was like, it's not true. No, it's not true at all. The, I mean, I, 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 but but the only <clears throat> difference that the thing that harms television now 
is because I'm picturing like the A team and the Dukes of Hazard in the eighties. Yeah, 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 there's there's, there's all this. There's all this. But the thing that harms the things that harms movies now is exhibition. Right. It's the only thing that kills yeah. it. It's, it's, yeah. it's because it's so expensive. And 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 there's so much like there's riding on the investment, yeah. but there's nothing. But you go to the movie and watch them. I mean, look, I've seen a couple of television shows like in the theater, mm-hmm. like 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 on a big screen like that. Yeah. They don't work the same way. They're not as enveloping. Like when we saw Westworld, remember when we went to CA and yeah, watched it? Right. It was good, but mm-hmm. but the but, but but see, but the problem with television is it has pacing. The the pacing yeah. issues of it is you know it has to be mm-hmm. you know thirty some minutes or it's got to be you know what twenty five minutes so it's gonna be 55 minutes mm-hmm. like 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 you can't and the worst thing is these netflix shows don't have a uh like a sponsor to respond mm-hmm. to so why does an episode have to be 55 minutes the, the, like like it could be 40 if yeah. we're done with the story and force be out of this hey, episode you know, there's, there's, there's no reason there's no reason but, yeah. but, but everyone's stuck in but his, they're trying to play they're stuck too in right, models, right. you know because mm. the, the netflix stuff is not playing on regular tv anywhere else in the world right. it's always you want this shit you gotta come you know it might be right. bootleg somewhere else right. but it's only been on netflix and right. it's kind of like that's where you start seeing these shows and it's just like it becomes too long I, and and I, I can't remember how many shows I'm just like like I'll check out I'll stop watching I listen, I like, listen there like, are numerous shows where I started like yeah good, I like it I was like you know what and then now I'm and just four more uh, seasons of this but y'all yeah, no no yeah. no <laughs> hence no. hence uh, your favorite what's up The Walking Dead ooh I had to check out season three, y'all. She said that. Wow, you've been gone for a long time. <laughs> yes, because I saw the writing. You ain't even seen Negan or nothing. <laughs> listen, listen. I didn't need to. It was like, no, I didn't know I did. I take that back. I did see it when he did the whole. Um, oh, when they, when they killed. Uh, yeah. I had to see that because I read it in the graphic novel. Right. It's like, I got to see that. Right. Because I, I know with TV, they're going to have to do more than one person because right. they can't. But yeah, and then I kind of like. Well, deuces because well, it's the same thing it's like you're stretching stuff out stretching it too, too long, long. You're too too long I mean, but it's a business they want to make that money and they were cashing on that fandom well, that fandom was redonkulous well, right. for Walking Dead true. thank god they're not coming to San Diego no more because it's like when the Walking Dead was down there doing Comic Con lord it, it was just so much so they're not coming no more um, I don't think they went last year okay. I felt like they were like well Maybe they uh, sent fear instead, so they didn't. They're probably compete. yeah. yeah. It was, you know, and plus everybody, the main people had pretty much they're all gone. Right. Yeah. But the thing about these shows is, is that, you know, I still love you, Daryl. It was and Michonne's <laughs> and Michonne, this year. yeah. Well, 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 you know, there's that whole talk where mm. the people on um, how Netflix won't do shows past three seasons. So, 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 yeah. So even if they are saying. Hey, let's do this thing you know for three seasons, but let's do ten to episodes. I mean, it's not. It's, 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 it's just a problem. I, mm. it's just, I mean, look, look. You were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, they do these things in the room where they're going, "Hey, you know, what we're gonna do. Let's do." 10, 12 episodes and we do like like there's the mid-season finale and then there's the finale mm-hmm. something like that. I still think the best version of the best version of a television show that is kind of open-ended in the sense was the first season or the well the first US season of Strike Back where oh, that was so good yeah. where every two episodes was basically a movie they, mm-hmm. they basically do these they, it's, a, it's a it was a ten, 10 episode thing but every two episodes was like it's a, own little, it, a, a little thing mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the middle of like so maybe, so a cliffhanger is the end of episode one right. and then they finish it up in episode two and it leaves the, right. the thread into episode two Three, then episode three is a cliffhanger to the, to the end of episode four, right. and it was That's so smart. it was so so charged. I'm like, you know what? No one does that, mm-hmm. and it's harder. But is it really? No, yeah, it's you, not. But it's, you have to track the fuck out of that. The fuck yeah. out of that show. Yeah. But it's really. But that was the best show. Yeah. That was like the best season of that show. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I mean, like the the subsequent seasons were really really good. Mm-hmm. They weren't as good, but they were. But the thing that made that show really work is fucking cast was out of control on that yeah. show. Like they kept pulling as hell. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like you know, casting. I try to tell people, yeah. casting is so. Bi- well, for me personally, it's a big thing, and sometimes I'm still behind on a lot of. American shows, unfortunately, which I'm usually not, but for some reason I just am right now. Oh, don't Be- feel bad because I'm it's only because <laughs> I'm watching a lot of the European. Yes, sh- I'm watching yes. Mercury Rising. I'm watching yes. all these other shows. I'm trying to see what's going on over there. Mm. Everything with the Berlin in it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? I'm seeing what's happening because I want it. They're just so talking about characters. 
and and you and you don't know what is gonna happen around the corner. You don't know if you walk into this building, you're gonna fall down to the fucking. I think. Pool. I think. Like, there's just so. I think much we need stuff. to trust characters again mm-hmm. because over last weekend. Um, I was just going through like YouTube and I was, for some reason, I caught a clip of, um, oh God, Michael K. Williams and he was talking about some other show he was on. It's like, man, I remember the day when he was Omar. (laughs) And so I start, I went through this wire rabbit hole where Mm -hmm. I was going back and watching clips on people talking about the wire Mm -hmm. season by season, the characters. And there's just, I wish I could remember the person's name, but there was a great like 10 minute clip that was talking about. Um, they were going through all the characters, like Snoop, mm. all the guys, and my favorite one, of course, because my favorite character on The Wire, hands down, is Omar. Yeah. I mean, there's great ones. Like, I love Wallace. Shout out to Michael B. Jordan when the first mm-hmm. time I actually saw him in there. And, like, he will, al- he will always be Wallace <laughs> to me, no matter how... Re- Michael's, like, 33 years old now. <laughs> he will always be, like, a 14-year-old Wallace to me. And, like, right. that, that just breaks my heart every time. But I miss how The Wire had so many compelling characters that were just fuck like I, that's why I went down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. I was like oh you know and of course I'll look up okay Stringer Bell okay yeah all the guys. but there was like bunk and then there was like bubbles and they had like little I went through like every single character it was just like oh my god I miss them so much <laughs> and look I can't tell you every single plot line right. in The Wire. Yeah. I mean, if I go back and refresh my mind, but I fucking can tell you about those characters and I can tell you why I love those characters and I can tell you those big beat moments that, that you know, sucked me in and made me hold on to them mm-hmm. for every fucking season. But well, see, look, uh, that's a show that I have like a lot of contention with because I was loving that show from the minute it aired mm-hmm. and then for like five years I could talk to nobody about it and then when I was done yeah, everybody it, got on it late everybody got late. on it late okay late. first of all sure. first of all but, but this, but not everybody got HBO right, are you one of those that's people true. that's like and nobody knew about it fuck that fuck that fuck that because it was going on with the Sopranos because it was because everyone concurring with the Sopranos and everyone's fucking talking about the Sopranos and not a lot of black people were watching Sopranos when it first came on. Two too. different networks. Two, listen, listen. It's the same network. It's the same network. No, I thought Sopranos was on Showtime. Was no, yes. they're both, no, they're both on HBO. HBO. Okay, but listen. On <laughs> many times, listen. In defense no, of no, Negroes no, who no, can't no, afford no, HBO, on many times. Let me tell you how we many no, times. No, Sopranos was stop the lead in to the wire. Listen, so motherfuckers can go home. Listen now. Listen, go home. Let me your reservation paper. In defense, in defense of my black peoples who can't pay pennies. Listen, the reason why. Listen, if you look at the stuff that has been written up about the wire stuff, a lot of it were white reporters and white people writing about it. It wasn't until they started putting the wire on DVD where I could fucking walk into Cinephile and I was able to rent mm-hmm. <laughs> season one, two, and three and then get on a line calling my video store at Cinephile like, yo, did home dude uh, bring in season five yet? Because, mm-hmm. all right, I'll be down there. Hey, so we have to play catch up but, a little bit for some of Lisa, us. What I want to know is, <laughs> everybody's asking, Oh, how come you didn't just tap into your neighbor's cable? <laughs> Why you didn't just tap into that no, HBO no, no, next no, door? No, 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 people weren't even talking about it. it you know what? It was on nobody's radar. <laughs> like, like people weren't. I mean, look, look, I said people. I don't it. know about you, but you, I was tapped in somebody else. I tell people HBO. about it. <laughs> I knew about it. I just didn't have HBO. And, and, and the people say to me, "What's that?" Right. And I'd be like, "What's that?" Damn! It wasn't until like literally like I heard about it. I was like, oh, it's a show. Phil. Like so, okay, well maybe I'll wait till it comes on. It was it wasn't for free for a while. I was at I was at I was at a writers brunch, a black woman writers brunch, and we were sitting around talking, and eating our little sandwiches, and talking about the business, and mm-hmm. just you know, it's funny now because a lot of them who were there like are all the people now who are doing so well in many places. But um, yeah, we were just talking, and then people were like almost getting weepy eyed. They're talking about Stringer Bell, <laughs> and I was like, who who is Stringer Bell? And this is like the early days when we did have the internet and when people were first starting to get like, you know, internet on their phone. They're like, let me oh, show you a picture. I was, I was like, and I was like, oh, I know that dude. That's the guy from, you know, sometimes snows in April. And I remember from the episode of um, uh, Absolutely Fabulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, British actor. Like, oh, yeah, I know this dude. He's good. And they're like, oh, girl, you got to blah, blah, blah. And literally, that's how I really got tapped into it was because like, well, it comes out on DV and that's when I went to Cinefile and says, do you have? And they said, well, the season hasn't come out. As soon as it comes out, we'll let you know. And that's when I jumped on it. And it was a couple of years after. Mm-hmm. So in defense of those of us who didn't, we finally showed up. 
That's what you give okay. out to happen in your That's like you civil rights <laughs> Negroes who got free before us and got mad because the rest of us couldn't get across the river because we had to deal damn. with these damn dogs damn. and Miss Ann and Bobby Lou who snitched on us because he wanted to be the house Negro. Wow. But you got away across the river and mad because we didn't. Wow. I can be mad. She said you light skin. That's what she said. You have to real light skin right now. I can be I can be mad. But you know, but you but you're talking about you talk, you're talking about compelling characters and stuff like that. I mean look But just the, but, I mean but, but, oh, but, just day. But, but you were talking about I can still cry um, over characters. Uh sometime in October you mentioned a show called Criminal. Yeah. That's this show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a show. There's no real time limit to that. I mean, like the like 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 they're running times and those, and it varies mm-hmm. depending on who it is. Oh, that's right. One thirty. One is that the, the one? The, yeah, it was, it, the jumps. Well, no, it's it's the one where they're it's the one. It's, they're using the same the police precinct. They're yeah. Germany, France. Oh, it's it's yeah. like in, in one in, one in the box. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's dope because you watch it and you realize, oh, so this one was like twenty six minutes, or this right. one was thirty five minutes. They just like they, they let it play depending on what, what the story is. Yeah, what the story was and mm-hmm. there was no really concern about the time they just wanted to keep mm-hmm. it as compelling as possible mm-hmm. and that show was dope because yeah the thing with that thing that was dope as fuck is they didn't really tell you anything about there was nothing there was, there was nothing you learned about anybody really are they all you, standalone episodes yeah yeah Oh, nice! It's, and they don't always know backstory. You get in there, yeah, we in no the back, box. There's no backstory. We don't go outside for anything. You just in there. That bit, one room. That like one that, room. Well, like that a, HBO hotel one. That one. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, room like, something. Like they have the box, it's, it's and then they have like like the, like the watch, the watch. The yeah. There's a little corridor outside right, of the waiting, right. but they don't leave that set. And these people are sitting there watching and talking, and it's dope because they have. All this backstory about them about themselves, and they're like, because because they, there's all these little lines thrown off. Hey, you know, did you do this tomorrow's a birthday? You're like, what? And it's and, and, but and they trust the audience. They, to they do. They it. do. They, and they trust you to be smart. You, yeah, you're smart, and I feel this is the thing. And I don't mean smart in the in the way like, oh, you're not smart enough to watch this, or you don't have. I don't mean that. It means like they trust the audience to be able to figure out what's going on without them spooning it to all well, of us. That's what I mean. Yeah, there's this. So, so that's the thing. So there's this two great. There's this thing that the, the Milo Schwarman who directed Amadeus and uh, Cuckoo's Nest and stuff like that he had said you know what audiences actually feel better when they have to figure out yes. the equation Agreed. you know Agreed. And, yes. and, and, but he also said you know but you're mm-hmm. doper if you can say to them well two plus two equals five mm-hmm. because that additional point you're adding is is what you add to the equation from what I've given you mm-hmm. and that's what and, and that's when you're most Satisfied, like watching something, and I feel that a lot of the people who are making decisions about what goes on the air or giving notes and stuff like that, you know, aren't as well versed in things. To they're not like they're you know look, most people who get those jobs are coming from MBAs. Mm -hmm. They're not guys who are like or gals who are like. You know, they're like Russian literature majors or English literature majors. They're not. They're not literature majors to know enough they know about nothing about pop culture, and they don't pay attention to people telling them we don't want these. They're AIs. Yeah, it's like we don't want this. <laughs> That's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> well, let's wrap this episode up. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we talked about a lot of shit. Well, the lesson basically is when you're writing some things, you know, don't. Don't just be writing stuff to be writing stuff to stretch stuff out. Like, right. give us some compelling characters, um, and keep keep the story moving so that I'm not fast forwarding. <laughs> so look, 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 look. There's a quote I read mm. the other day. This writer named um, William Archer into the mic, and he said that drama is anticipation mingled with mingled with uncertainty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, when you put these characters in here that don't mean anything, it's because because they spark no anticipation. Right. You know, they're just there to be like filling up time. It's right. The worst. Right. You're like, what are you doing here? Anticipation mingled with uncertainty? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's good. I feel like I've heard that before. I don't know. That is a good. It's an old guy. He's like, yeah. he wrote in like the, like, I don't know, the 40s. Okay, Speaking okay. of which, since so you're talking about the we'll 40s. We'll do next. Huh? Next. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Where are you at, Lisa Lisa Cold Jam? Uh, I am out there lurking. <laughs> but my, my Twitter handle is still what She's Fresh never on this. What Fresh Hell is this? Don't even I, you know, I come back. I, you know what? I'll post something up mm-hmm. later today just to say hi. But then I'll secretly, like, go back to my other burner accounts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chris Derrick. <laughs> uh, unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you. Thank you for coming, Kiki. Where yes. are you at? I am at Kiana New, uh, K I A 
and no how do you say my name k-i-a-n-a-n-g-u on twitter um if you're a writers out there you can figure out i have a whole list of like what i'm looking for in my inbox and tor has a new horror um adult line yes. they're coming out with Nightfire, and i want horror can we can we have her talk about that more in the next yeah. okay for sure, next for sure. awesome awesome i didn't cool. know you're an agent <clears throat> yeah that's because you don't yeah, you don't follow her. <laughs> you don't follow. I follow you. <laughs> I don't. See the abuse. <laughs> I'm gonna follow you on my other burner account. <laughs> basically, and you and I can have and you and I can have private conversations without Chris. I think you've chimed in on things and just no, but, didn't realize. But here's the thing: all. I've read her script, and it's mm-hmm. interesting meeting her because her voice in person is very much on the page of okay. her stuff. It's interesting. Mm. It's very interesting. That's good. That was that. Or that kind of, like like that level of energy and that, that kind of like yes. I don't say snarkiness, but that kind of. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the word. You can also that's say that. You say snarkiness. Snarkiness is a good thing. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show. Screenwriters are, are on Twitter. Any questions, screenwritersrentroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Archer, uh, what's it called? Uh, Anchor, Anchor, uh, and Spotify to to hear it there. It's it's like the, the Anchor people put everywhere. Put it everywhere now. <clears throat> this was great. You know, go to the the screenwritersrr.com, which is the website. You know, there's the show notes are there. As you know, they're there and they're also on the the other sites. Um, and you can contribute to the Patreon page yes, of course. via the uh, website. Or you just go to Patreon and look us up. Just look up Screenwriters Rent Room, and there's all these little things up there you can do to get on, and, and there you go. Uh, to, to help us go to San Diego. We got t-shirts, we got t-shirts, mugs the, coming, the mugs we got all kinds of things. Because we're trying to go to San Diego on some level. Mm. <laughs> and we want to do a live yeah, to do a live uh, episode. Yeah. It's already 2020, so we're getting, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's getting there. We're close. Exactly, it's exactly. Dangerously close. Now. Yes. So Shit. anyway, y'all know how we do it on the rant room on this show. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it one, everybody. The Roaring Twenties. Peace, y'all. Ciao. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rant room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd Has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hillier He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.